This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Balls. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name, as it will always be, barring any incident at all, is Lyle Fulton, and I'm joined, as I know I always will be, by the absolutely wonderful Jackie Vores. Jackie looking wonderful this morning, if I may say so. Uh, a view shared, may I say, by someone who we might have on our spin-off quite soon. I mean, I don't know if you want to tell this story and give the game away too early, but we were chatting before we went live about a future potential guest on our spin-off podcast, The Rest is Alcohol. This is a fabulous story before we even get going on, on what we're going to talk about this week. I mean, can you tell us what happened very recently and how it inspired you to potentially a new guest on our spin-off podcast? It, it was great, actually. So I was just coming back from Pocket Gamer Connects, which is a, a show that we spend a lot of time working on and with and and exhibiting at and it was the the 10th year of pocket gamer connect which actually bring will bring us on to and 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 you can do a, a segue on on that one in a minute but yeah on my way back i um i had a lot of stuff to bring back so i called myself an uber and luckily the only one that was near was an executive uber <laughs> Sure. So I'm not standing in the wet and the cold with all of these things I've got to carry it back. So I thought, yeah, hit the button, put the extra tenner on the bill, and let's get this what you know, this nice executive cob, which I did. And this great guy got out the car, he put my stuff in the boot, took me home. And as he was taking me home, we started talking. We started talking about all sorts of things, but we it led me down the track to alcohol and the rest is alcohol and telling about the podcast but he actually told me that he couldn't believe my age and he thought I was 35 which ended up in him getting a wonderful tip and five stars. of course it did of course a five star rating for this man of course he got his five stars of course he got his tip I mean hey who am I to argue with this brilliant uber driver as well <laughs> and this uber driver we hope may well be arriving yeah. on an episode of the rest is alcohol near you because his story is really fascinating and we're really really keen to talk to him about what an amazing story that sad. is. Exactly. As sad, yeah, we look forward to on an episode shortly. He's very excited about it. Brilliant stuff, Asad. And thank you very much for getting my wonderful co-host back safely with all the stuff she had to bring back <laughs> from Pocket Gamer Connects. Now, get that segue bell ready, Jackie, because... Like you said, I would have a segue. I mean, this is a segue that I feel like I'm cheating a bit because you have given me this segue, to be fair. You've given me the information. But this week, listeners, Jackie was on her way back from Pocket Gamer Connects last week, which was a fantastic event. Went really, really well indeed. And Jackie, as she rightly says, there was a segue in terms of what we are going to be talking about on this episode of the podcast because it was the 10th anniversary of Pocket Gamer Connects. It was here in London. It was the 10th anniversary of that event. And so loads of people at Pocket Gamer Connects were asking for 10-year evergreen style content, you know, 10-year stories from people who were at the very first Pocket Gamer Connects to where they are now in the 10th year. And it got us to thinking. We wished we'd done an episode which was all about archives and keeping a record of all the things you've done throughout your business's existence, throughout your professional. She rung the bell. There you go. Listen. In fact, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get a moment of silence for the bell one more time. I mean, we kind of got it. We kind of got it there. It's kind of you know, if you listen very carefully, it's kind of there. But can you not hear it. I can sort of. I think I, I think I can. There you go. go again. Maybe it's just not being picked up. That's weird. This is a first. Maybe it's just like a technical thing. It's not being picked up. Maybe the How frequency. interesting. I've got my special bell and it's not working. Oh, there you go. No, I got a bit of it there. Right, hang on. 
Yeah, there you go. We're getting a bit of that there. There you go. I you mean, get it near the microphone, I think. That is by far and away the most fascinating 30 seconds of podcasting we have ever done, isn't it? <laughs> Listeners, there you go. Like, can we hear this segue bell? Well, I can tell you for certain, if you are not watching us on YouTube, if you are indeed listening to us on, on the many platforms, the bell was rung with good reason because we got to thinking in either your individual professional life, your personal professional life, or if you work for a business that's been going for, as Demosa has been 13 years or even longer than that, how important is it to archive and document your history, a kind of potted history of your business? And Jackie, you said that it's something that you really wish you'd done when it came to Pocket Gaming Connects because you hadn't actually done it, had you? No, and I'm not going to say live what I said to you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I will actually. I was probably half cut most of Pocket Gamer Connects and I can't remember any of my 10-year stories. But it did get me thinking about the fact that we, you know, we really should have written down more of our milestones, you know, awards we got, people that secured really significant coverage, you know, big stories that we were part of, all those sort of things, which I I haven't done. And what led me to kind of talking to Lyle about this and coming up with the idea for the podcast was that something extraordinary happened to me this weekend. So I love buying things in auctions and I particularly like buying art. And my husband had seen a whisk at the moment, like everybody is in, in January. And especially after the wedding year, the wedding year, where we spent ridiculous amounts of money getting married. So when husband, dear husband, came up with the idea of finding these pictures that he'd seen in a catalogue for this online auction, I was like, oh, no. And then I looked at them and I thought, oh, yes, we do want those. And so I did bid for them and one in the auction and I went to collect them as a bit of a shout out for Lots Road Auctions um, in Chelsea which is a great auction house and and I would encourage anybody to take a look it's great fun being part of the live auction as well which happens every Sunday morning from 11 till about one anyway other auction houses are available but big up that auction house (laughs) just going to say that just to caveat that as a neutral podcast host but big up that auction house agreed anyway continue (laughs) so i drove over to to lots road and i picked up these beautiful lithographs by a spanish artist called juan miro and they're beautiful really beautiful pictures and when i picked them up i saw this label on the back of them which was a faded typewritten label that had been taped onto the brown paper which covered each one of the backs of the prints and on the label it said that obviously the name of the set of lithographs which is La Femme the the artist Juan Miro and then it said that it was the property of J. Walter Thompson New York in I think it's 460 Lexington Avenue and then it said the name of the person's office that these pictures were kept in, which was Miss Guffey. And I thought, who was Miss Guffey? And then going on this little search, this little internet search, trying to find this woman who'd been looking at these pictures in Manhattan, the same pictures as that we're going to hang in our house, And they were bought in August 1967, which was my birth year. So it was all really fascinating. And I ended up going down this rabbit hole of research. And listeners, viewers, I have been, I've spent every waking hour this weekend (laughs) trying to find who this Miss Guffey is. And you would be so surprised to hear 
that it's really, really, really difficult to find out information on people in from the 90s. She, she obviously had her career in the 1950s. So I was thinking to myself, my goodness, she must have been a really strong lady to have worked in that era of mad men, in yeah. advertising, in J. Walter Thompson. Yeah. So I found out just a few very significant things on my uh, my so far journey. Thing number one was she was indeed very senior at J. Walter Thompson and she was their art editor. And through some written testimony that was written up from a, an interview somewhere, I found out that she'd sponsored artists and she'd run the World Gallery for J. Walter Thompson. But also, even more interesting than this, so I found out that Andy Warhol had painted a portrait of Dion Guffey, which sold at Sotheby's for £120,000. Phenomenal. So I went through, I went down another rabbit hole of, of research around Andy Warhol. I went to all of the online stuff about him. I went to different archives, trying to find things. I, now, I've, I've even found Dion Guffey's wedding to Myron Kesner. And so in the Andy These Warhol, names are great. These names I, are amazing. We don't get names like this anymore, you know. Unbelievable. Myron and Dion. Oh. Rocking there, rocking the scene in New York. Being amazing. Being painted by Andy Warhol. Amazing. Amazing. Now, I have reached a massive dead end with my internet searching. Even chat GPT was just like, no, no go. Ain't happening. So the last, my last port of call will be J. Walter Thompson, who thankfully has actually kept archives of significant individuals and everything else. But I have to make a request to whoever is the custodian of these, these archives. And J. Walter Thompson was a very big, successful advertising firm. It's now owned by WPP Group. But it just got me thinking that this amazing woman, who was obviously a muse for Andy Warhol, but we know nothing about her. No. And she was very significant, obviously, in the advertising industry. So what I'm starting to think of right now is that all of these things are like living histories. Mm. And any organisation that people have from a PR perspective, any stories that they have right now, they might not think are significant now, but through the passage of time, might well become something that is really significant. Exactly right. I mean, this is, I mean, first things first, what an extraordinary story. And I always really, really, I, I cannot praise people enough, not just yourself, but I've got, you know, obviously my in-laws, my, my wife's mum and dad, my, my wife's mum in particular sort of loves going down these sort of particular rabbit holes sometimes as well. I've got a very well-read father-in-law and recently as well, kind of, we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole here as you did with this brilliant woman Dion but you know like recently we've sort of started thinking about maybe paying the money to do this sort of heritage kind of ancestry thing like sort of friends of mine have looked into like you know gone way back about what their ancestry does and it's just I think it's just a really fascinating thing so that's the first thing I'd say is just like to praise anyone who decides to do that because it's like the most interesting thing about humanity and human life and we're going to take it down the professional route now as well. Like, you know, the business world, professional world. I'm obviously massively into my sport as well. The chronicles of human existence are just like some of the most fascinating things we'll ever experience and ever look into. But just going down this idea of obviously 
you know we talked about pgc right at the beginning of the of the episode this idea that actually it can become very very important because things are modernizing and moving forward and evolving and advancing at such a pace nowadays that sometimes i don't know about you i feel like we maybe lose sight of what we were you know how things used to be and actually they can be the most important because we talk about you know the fundamentals we talk about you know kind of that messaging that core value system and that's kind of that's historical but these things can change and evolve but by and large your messaging and where you position yourself remains the same i mean do you look at that from a business perspective and from an events perspective and obviously we talked about this amazing woman dion and i now i've got a window into what a future hobby might be for you which is that you're just going to buy these paintings and be like right who owned these things which i think is fantastic <laughs> but i mean how important to you is it do you think to kind of keep a record of milestones you know sort of events that you've had that have been significant when it comes to your business or your own personal professional life so you can look back on them and and learn but also it's invaluable content right to share with people share with fellow professionals it really is and the interesting thing is that we see it a lot anyway in our day-to-day -day lives you know we see people talking about how things were we see old it's referred to as retro when you're looking at things in in fashion and in you know furniture and stuff like that we still have as human beings we still like a connection back with the past you know a lot of retro tv programming comes on and everybody gets excited about it and like the old doctor who's and things like that so it just struck me, and in fact, I was talking to Tom from Ludo about this yesterday, that it's really, I think it's really important to record a company's progress to see, you know, how that company was, especially in technology, 10 years ago. And, you know, we all talk about things like the new generation of children coming through, not knowing what life is like without a mobile phone. When I tell stories of fax machines, to my kid and his friends they're like what <laughs> whereas for us the fax was the most incredible invention in the world it was like straight to them like within like half an hour it was there whereas now it's like oh my god like if this if this thing's not with me in like five oh. seconds it's you know unbelievable <laughs> like, yeah yeah you're right like video cassettes or tape cassettes and things like that but even like with vinyl now you see vinyls coming back in to so we still just I think as natu naturally as human beings, we like to sort of think back to the past. And I often come across clients who say, well, we've got nothing interesting to say. We've got no news. We're just doing the same thing all the time. But everybody has a story and everybody has interesting things to say. But everybody could also be making a comparison to on this day 10 years ago, for example. Now, if you don't have those things recorded, how are you ever going to be able to look back on this day 10 years ago yeah I mean I get those sort of things sort of flash up in my Facebook feeds yeah. and I get sort of memories flash up and say oh my goodness look how big Arlo has grown or whatever but you you need to create that sort of content from a business perspective you'd like that sort of business maybe there's business in that to be honest maybe there's a a business recording archiving 
company that you could set up that just goes, okay, we're just going to record your progress and we're going to give you your daily memories in 10 years time. I don't know. That, that is an amazing, be- right. That, well, I'm editing that out of this episode of the podcast because that is an amazing <laughs> idea. We're doing that, right? Okay, we're doing it. No one else steal that idea. If I do decide to leave this in, no one else steal that idea. That's patented. Lyle and Jackie, Jackie Ball is Lyle Fulton, leave that. <laughs> but I mean, it's a really interesting point you make because as well, like, and we're going to come on to, I mean, I think, I think we spoke in a previous episode of, of the podcast about, you know, January's been and gone. And we spoke about your sort of January blues and sort of, you know, how you deal with as a business owner, as a, as a business professional, but also just generally in life, like how you deal with January blues. And, and we spoke a little bit about the fact that like you saw a news story at the end of the news when you were watching it with James and you went, that's absolutely brilliant. Like, you know, why don't we just end every news program with something like that? And I don't know about you. I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong. It was embarrassing when you were really young and if you like sort of met a potential partner you know when you were a little bit younger and then your mum or your dad got the photos that you're like oh mum don't do that but now when I go back anything that's chronicled or archived is like gold dust for me now yeah. like as, as I hit 30 like when you go back and like your parents now get the, the books out the videos out and this is not a slight on my mum or dad but like Videos of me when I was a baby were like taped over with TV programs they liked by accident or whatever, which sounds really horrible. They're really lovely people. I love them very much. But Al's mum and dad, my wife Al, have videos of her when when she was a kid, photos of her when she was a kid. And it's a lovely thing. It's actually just a really fun, enjoyable, sentimental thing. And I feel like sometimes, maybe I'm sort of going down a weird rabbit hole here, but sometimes in the business world, in the professional world, we get a bit locked into go, 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 business, 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 work, work, work. And actually much as it can be really useful evergreen content there's also just i hate to use the word nice because it seems very vague and very basic but it's just nice to look back at where we were and to fast forward to where we are now and and, and it's nice to see that journey to track that journey it's just an enjoyable experience for business owners Absolutely. and and what's also kind of significant is if you do that if you go get into that kind of process you are giving yourself a whole world of content for the future because the compare and contrast type articles that you can do, the memories from 2007 to 2027 of this company. It's all really interesting stuff, but it can only be interesting in its context. So what you're doing, if you're archiving, is you're actually forward planning content that you can do or somebody else can do way down the line. So you're never going to be stuck for stories. You're never going to be stuck for comparisons and and understanding of where the company has come from and why it's done so well. Because as we've often said, when we talk about messaging and positioning and visions and missions and values, they need to be revised as the company grows and changes or as the product or services service grows and changes. You know, you look at your different consumer groups of anything, they change over time. If you have a long-standing product that might not at all be trendy, Hunter Wellingtons, for example, you know, they were just normal Wellington boots that all of a sudden, because festivals became the thing, Hunter boots were worn at festivals and all of a sudden their cachet goes up, they're seen as really good quality, great looking boots, apart from your normal like £5.50 Wellington boots that you'll get down B&M bargains, Hunter boots suddenly had a cachet, they develop a kind of brand and they are now really, really popular as a kind of like upper 
class, upper middle class, Wellington. Yeah, massive now. Yeah. So that's a really good example of, of a company that has evolved over time, that has had an event or a trend or a new way of living affect it and its journey. And then seeing how those designs have kind of changed and how the brand has evolved. So I've, I've just jumped on Hunter. It's just come into my mind because... No, it's a great example. Well, they've got Hunter Max. They've got Hunter Umbrellas. They've got all of these beautiful rain accessories that everybody can use and feel trendy in when they're out in the rain in the no, UK. No, you're exactly right. I mean, I'd like weirdly, conveniently, coincidentally, another kind of H example, but very far smaller on a smaller scale. But there's a brilliant, I live in Acton, listeners and viewers. I live in Acton in West London. And there's a coffee shop that's just opened by Acton Central Station. Like it's actually attached to Acton Central Station called Hopper Coffee. Uh, they're brilliant. And I've been going to other cafes since I moved here four years ago with my wife. And we've started going there because they're really lovely in there and the coffee's really, really great. And when I asked the owner, I said like, oh, you know, it's great. You're, you're doing a roaring trade here. It's so busy. He said, oh, yeah, no, it seems like we've come a long way. You know, sort of two and a half, three years ago, I was in a van. I was selling coffee out of a van. And now I've got a business here. And there's a photo of the van in the coffee shop. And I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't even realize that was that, that there was a link there. He was like, yeah, that's the van I used to sell coffee out of when I was starting out. I just had a sort of a dream to open a coffee shop of my own. And then we found this this area here. And it's always been a, a great opportunity for someone to open something there. And I just thought someone needs to sort of take this over and it's doing a roaring trade now, but even just a simple chronicling of like having where he started out there in the shop itself. You know what I mean? And sort of looking back really fondly and going, that's where it, it all began. Real, and you know I mean? Doesn't it give real depth to an oh, organization? Brilliant. It gives a, a connection as well that you feel a connection with that organization because mm. You are party to their history. Mm. When a business, especially on a website, chronicles where it's come from, you know, who the people are, you feel like you have an investment with their story. And let's face it, PR is all about storytelling. And there can be no historical stories without archiving what is happening. So I really do encourage any PR people or would-be PR people to just consider the stories that are buried in history. If you're struggling to try and find narratives with clients, look back, ask them if they've kept records, have a look and see if there are any archives that you can you can draw upon. Like if I was doing Jay Walter Thompson's PR right now, and do you know what? I'm very tempted to get in touch with them because of all this all of the archives they've got there. Just be like, this is I'm, an amazing story. Yeah. I would be going, oh my God, tell us about Dion Guffey. Who is this woman? Mm. And James Thompson could have an amazing story about this strong woman who worked in the in the era of the ad men, the mad men era, and you know, and was became a muse for Andy Warhol. I mean. How crazy, how good is that story? You can see that story in a Sunday Times, in an FT weekend, in a Wall Street Journal, in a New York Post. You can see that story, can't you? And before you know it, then you can see it on Netflix, then you can see it on Amazon Prime. Do you know what I mean? Either as like a true story documentary or even like sort of serialized and sort of like semi-fictionalized, you know, I'd be in it, you know, all this sort of stuff. No, I'm joking. Yeah, but, but like, no, yeah, exactly. I'd be, Myron. My, I'd be Myron. What a great name. <laughs> I'd be Myron. No, you're absolutely right. You're, you're, you're absolutely spot on. And I think, you know, I'm going to sort of give a, like my own perspective, sort of something like a real world example of something I experienced. And actually, 
this is a bit of an eye-opener for me as well. And over the last few years, I haven't really thought about it this way, actually, until we've been having this conversation here on the podcast. I went to a, I was very lucky. I went to a, a, a really nice school in Bedford where I grew up. And by really nice, I mean, it was fee paying. And so you come at me in the comments and sort of email me if, if that's not your cup of tea, that's fine. I'll, you know, defend myself as best I can, but it's one of those things. And, but, but, you know, I really enjoyed it. And I consider myself very lucky and very, very fortunate. But that school in that it was quite a nice school, fee paying school had actually a professional, this guy's one job, brilliant man by the name, Mr. Wildman had the most fascinating eyebrows ever that's a detail you didn't need to know but he uh very very big very very nice i'm one to talk am i right but you know and and but he was he was yeah he was the school archivist he was the archivist for the school and i remember thinking when i was what 15 16 and i you know we were introduced to him at like an end of year assembly and like massive thank you to mr wildman who's our school archivist i mean i remember speaking to my friends going what what is that? Like, what on earth is that? Like, you know, like this guy's being paid to just basically sort of like go, oh, this is what happened years ago. And I remember sort of almost poo-pooing it a bit when I was younger, when I was a teenager. I look back now, what, an, what a crucial job that is, because there are thousands of people who go to that school, who've been through the doors of that school, been in and out, sort of spent years and years, decades there. Incredible personalities, not just, you know, you're, you know, you're rich and famous. And there are one or two who went to my school who've done very well for themselves, don't get me wrong. But there are some fascinating stories from people who have just gone on and led very, very normal, very, very successful, very fruitful lives, but very, very normal lives. And he, like every single one, he had like a sort of a dossier on this incredible job, this fascinating job. And I think you're right, like joking aside, businesses having people like that or if there's a company that can do that for people and you know i know a joke's about the fact that we should go and set that up but i mean i'm sure there's something out there i think it's a really really important thing to do because not only is it great content like if you're ever looking for something to release say at the beginning of a new year and it's a bit slow or what have you you know may or may not be i think you alluded to it early in the episode and a business comes to you a pr and says oh there's nothing really going on you can turn around and go right well where were you 10 years ago I know your business has existed for 15 years. Where were you 10 years ago? Because that was a, was a five-year-old business then. There was nothing going on. Where were you 10 years ago? Let's just do that because that's a great story. That is in and of itself a great story. Like where were you actually? Say the CEO was just working for the business 10 years ago and now he's the CEO. Like he was working. A great example is, I'm ranting here now, but it's just, I'm really fascinated by this. A great example is my dad did some work for Hornby who uh, trained toy train manufacturer and but other toys and things like that as well and then ceo i believe he still is the ceo it might have changed but at the time he was doing some work for them a couple of years ago their ceo his story was literally that he had started working his dad had worked there and he worked then with his dad literally making the things he literally was making the trains and fast forward like 15 20 years and he's now the ceo of hornby this enormous company and so there was a kind of a hearts and minds thing, like every story that was about him, like he wouldn't turn up suited and booted with, you know, a briefcase and sort of, not, not that I'm saying that's a bit of a generalization, but he wouldn't turn up sort of looking like the corporate CEO, you know, quintessential male corporate CEO. He would turn up in like leather jacket, jeans. And if anyone ever asked him for, you know, quarterly results, he'd go, yeah, that's one thing, but look at this new train we've made. You see what I mean? Like that was like, that yeah. was his vibe. That was his story. And that's an incredible story of someone who's like made his way right the way through the business. And that's a fantastic story that can be chronicled if you make records and if you, you know, put things down and note stuff down. I mean, yeah. talk, talk to us about Demozo's kind of like chronicling, like what's, what's in the Demozo archives? Well, there's nothing. And this is what I'm really annoyed about with myself. I mean, I preach 
preach to everybody else about doing these things and I I, I don't do it myself. So I'm, I, I am now intending on starting to commit a few significant things to to paper i mean the 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 beauty is that we're now very lucky in the sense that we can save a lot of emails we can archive a lot of documents just in things like google drive or dropbox or other storage mechanisms so what we might find is if i start sort of going down my own rabbit hole is that there is a lot of content there that will, you know, bring those aha moments that we can, you know, I could do a retrospective, the archaeological dig into Demoso's digital stuff. But the interesting thing coming back to the Dion Guffey Kenza story is that there aren't those things from from that far back. You know, the the marriage license I have to request a, to get a copy of to her and Myra and I have to go I have to go to one of the the New York offices uh, they've got a number of them across Manhattan and and go in person to request it um I think you can fill out a form as well and send that off I haven't quite got down to everything in, on that but you know it's like but these are all paper-based stuff this is paper-based stuff that people have have literally stored in boxes so when I was looking at requesting something from J. Walter Thompson. It literally has stored in S in area S19 in box 29. And you know, these are physical paper copies of things. So again, we are quite lucky in the sense that we have the opportunity to create digital copies of things and store them in a digital repository. Um, it's much easier for us now to store video, to store photos, to store written stuff. You know, we can store multiple multimedia. I'll be very lucky if I find a picture of Dion Guffey. I hope to. That'd be amazing. Um, I don't know, generally, she must have been a very elegant woman, having seen her profile done so beautifully by Andy Warhol. But I, I, I need to know more. And I'm very lucky that she did work for J. Walter Thompson because they do have those archives and I can go to them and find out more. And I think I can present them with an insanely good story about somebody who was a really special person they can talk about today and obviously show the history and the rich tapestry of, of talent and people that they've employed over the years, which is just an absolute golden nugget for anybody looking to create good stories for their own brand image. You absolutely, I mean, you absolutely must pitch this story to them. You absolutely must. I mean, in the midst of, I want more information on Dion Guffrey, just say like, Guffy, Guffy, sorry, Dion Guffrey. I'm getting, getting a bit something Miss Guffrey. Miss Guffrey. According to the label, Miss Guffrey. Interesting. Miss Dion Guffrey. I mean, you absolutely have to ask A, for more information, but then be like, look, I mean, because also it's a brilliant example of like, I mean, what great PR it is for them to sort of, Show. It would be an amazing story, and you're right, Lyle. It could become a Netflix. It could become oh. a Netflix um, mini series. How did how did Dion become Andy Warhol's muse? They made an incredibly successful TV show about like the Mad Men of the time, and like none of them were real. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure they were fictitious Mad Men. And you've got like now you've got a real life story of someone who was like working in this incredible environment. Such a clearly such a strong, committed woman. Fantastic, absolutely brilliant. I mean, we'll leave you on this one, listeners. Maybe sure we'll I've... get it. 
maybe we will get that story into the New York Times or the Post or the Washington Wall Street Journal. Oh. Maybe this is the start of a little adventure. This is an exclusive, listeners and viewers. You heard it here first. There have been so many exclusives in this episode. You know, potentially starting an archiving business. Uh, we're not, by the way. Uh, don't think either of us have time. Maybe we will. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, Dion Guffey, this incredible story. And My- Myron Kesner. Myron Kesner. I mean, Kenza. 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 I'm getting these names wrong. Myron Kenza. I mean, I would love to play a role of the name of Myron. Just a fantastic name. We'll leave you on this one, listeners, very, very briefly. I might have told this story before on the podcast. When it comes to archiving and checking things out, my grandmother on my dad's side passed away sadly but just over six years ago six and a half years ago and my dad and i went down to southampton where she lived uh, down to hampshire and met his brothers my two uncles and we were just sort of sorting the house out and a book dropped off the bookshelf mysteriously now i'm not really big into these things but a book just dropped off the bookshelf and it just so happened to be my grand's favorite book she'd made it very clear that this was her favorite book okay fine bit spooky we open the book up and inside the book are several documents. One of them is my grandfather, who passed away when I was two, my grandfather's birth certificate. Wow. The other one was a school report that he he had been to school in Wimbledon. I was living around the corner from Wimbledon at the time. We'd never, he's Scots, you know, by birth. And we'd never known he'd gone to school in Wimbledon, however briefly. A marriage certificate, marriage license, where he's listed, his, my, my grandfather's name was Andrew Fulton. He's listed on the marriage license as Andrea Fulton. And the marriage license was from Italy. They got married in Italy. Ah. At which point we're like, are we Italian? <laughs> like, like, do we, do we, do we, like the four of us then stood, stood there, like aghast, like having this like sort of weird supernatural you never thing knew having happened. You married in Italy. Never known. And it tracked because obviously he was constantly sailing. He was constantly away. And so maybe my gran then went out there where he was docked and for whatever reason. Anyway. I'm going to debunk this because my uncle then checked this out. He did the whole ancestry thing. And I can confirm, sadly, in my opinion, that I am not at least a little bit Italian. I tried to come up with these theories of like, yeah, is there a reason like the family sometimes looks a little bit like the godfather where it's like, you know, sort of people walk in. My dad's like, you come to me on the day of my son's (laughs) graduation from drama school with a problem. Uh, You know, you disrespect me. (laughs) you disrespected me you know it's like good fellas but yeah i mean like this is the thing i mean these extraordinary it's important that we look back as well as forward i think that's that's what this episode is important that we look back and find these incredible stories and share these incredible stories and delve into them because there is so much rich content but i want to sound too clinical there's so much rich content in these stories and and so i suppose the the lasting sort of message here is from jackie and myself is go and look back wherever you work you know feel free to go and have a look back you know if you're interested in sort of knowing what the business you work for has done before you arrived or what have you. I'm sure people would like, you know, be very happy to share information from the archives, you know, from, from years gone by. There will be podcast archives, I've no doubt. I mean, we're very lucky insofar as these will always be, that these are evergreen. These will always be on these platforms unless they will shut down. But yeah, we are very, very grateful for that. And we're very, very grateful that we get to look back at some amazing episodes. Speaking of episodes of this podcast a few t's and c's as ever listeners if you'd like to get in touch with this you can do so by emailing info at demoso.com or info at the we will respond to both of those email addresses head to both of those websites as well demoso.com for all things demoso and the brilliant work they've been getting up to we've been getting up to 
because it's fantastic as we head into a new month. Can't believe it's already February. And head over to the rest is PR.com as well for all things the podcast. You can follow us on X, capital T, capital R, capital I, capital PR, at the rest is PR. It really is that simple. And you can message Jackie or myself, Jackie Wars, Lyle Fulton on LinkedIn. We'll always respond to messages on that platform as well. As ever as well, this is a new addition to the T's and C's that I'm going to make sure I keep putting forward. Do check out our spin-off podcast. The rest is alcohol. Lots of great content on there already. We're down to sort of three or four episodes already, and it's going great guns. So do check that out. The rest is alcohol wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Jackie, same time next week. What do you reckon? Yes, definitely. Brilliant stuff. Thank you so much once again for being with me on this, the latest episode of The Rest is PR. In the meantime, listeners, from Jackie and myself, take care of yourselves. It's bye for now. <laughs>